welcome back to Fund Your Future with DRS. And so today we're talking about a little bit financial independence. This is kind of a topic that comes up a lot in the planning for retirement world. It's kind of what retirement is. It's yeah. like you're, you no longer need to work. And so you're independent. It's, uh, I, I used to joke about being dependently wealthy when my wife got a job. Like, like that was, uh, I no longer need to work, but I am dependently wealthy and, instead of <laughs> independently wealthy. And so, yeah. I, I think, like that. Yeah. It's fin financial independence is like you no longer need, you're no longer dependent. Dependent on working. Yeah. yeah. You at least have the option to work. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So kind of what is what does financial independence mean to you? I think it means different things to different people and totally. kind of different stages of your life. And for for some people, being financially independent means like you don't rely on your parents anymore. Like like there's you know, kind of graduating through life in that stage of no longer being once again, no longer being dependent on someone else or being a dependent, I guess, depending on your <laughs> ta tax return situation. So I, I think for for different people, it's going to mean different things. Like how much flexibility do you have or freedom do you have? Do, do, can I take a week off of work? I think for a lot of folks who work like hourly wages or they don't have sick leave or vacation leave, I think that can be like a form of independence to say like, oh, I can take two weeks off and still have enough savings to be able to, to get through that that period of time. So yeah, I think it, it totally can mean different things to different people and, and probably means different things at different stages in your life. Yeah. Again, it's like having being at a, a point financially where you have the option not to work. I always sort of think about like those little dream jobs. Like <laughs> the other day I was thinking like if I when I retire, I think I'm going to just like move to California and work for Disneyland or something, <laughs> you know, like yeah. having some kind of fun job yeah. that you don't necessarily have to feel like you have to make a, a certain amount mm -hmm. every year. And the big goal of financial independence is that you can live off of your investment savings or your retirement savings and, and not have to worry. Yeah, you can have other sources of income. I think we, I think we may have talked about this in another episode where we were talking about income that folks, uh, especially folks in the public sector, are really used to just having their their check. You get paid twice a month or every two weeks or whatever, and that's just kind of your reliable source of income. But when you think about financial independence in terms of retirement, that retirement income is something else, whether it's investments, whether it's your pension, whether it's your social security or some combination of those things, or if you have rental income, or if you have a side job, or like you said, but working at Disneyland, <laughs> you know, t 10 hours a week or something, you have some other form of income that you're not necessarily depending on week in and week out to pay the bills. What that means, once again, to different people can be different things, depending on how you design and set up your life. One of, the, one of the ways I thought about this very early on in my life was my wife and I were living in Spokane, and it was like our first time on our own completely. And she was in graduate school, and um, we were living in this like really old building that we, we could not keep hot in the in the winter. There, there was heat. I mean, we were living, <laughs> it wasn't like a really dilapidated building, but it was it was old and like there wasn't a lot of insulation and baseboard heating and like really high ceilings. So even when you turn the heat on, it didn't feel like you were warm. Yeah. Um, so it was really frustrating when we would get our electric bill and it was like super expensive. It was like, but I'm not even warm. Uh, <laughs> and, and, I, and I got this thought in my mind, 
for folks who are familiar with the Spokane area, the electric company over there is a publicly traded company. And for whatever reason, I looked up this company and realized if I own some of their stock, their stock pays a dividend. And so I, I had this sort of perverse thought of if I owned enough of their stock, I could use their dividend to pay the electric bill. <laughs> I love that. And then I, I went down this crazy rabbit hole of like, well, what if I owned enough of the garbage company and enough of the phone company and, and these different companies that pay me to own their stock? And then I turn around and I use that money to pay for my actual bills, my cost of living. And so through those assets, I could become independent or, or semi-independent. Um, yeah, at least from your utility bills. Yes, yeah. exactly. I love that. We're kind of getting on a tangent here, but the other approach to that is a lot of people are doing solar panels now yes. on their homes. Yeah. So same sort of idea where you have these solar panels and then all of a sudden the electrical company is paying you for the for the electricity. Yeah, and yeah. so you can kind of offset your cost that way. I, I think that's a really great example of a different type of investment. Yeah. Where it's not necessarily you're putting money into the stock market or into your DCP account and getting gains off of that, but you're finding ways to lower your bills. So, you know, we, we've talked about income and spending as, as two parts of the retirement equation. You have to know how much your income is. You have to know how much your spending is. And you can increase your income by putting money into investments. Like I, I was talking about buying these investments and they were going to pay me money and that was going to increase my income. But you could also buy solar panels and decrease your electrical costs right. or whatever other opportunities are out there. I think that is different, once again, different ways to approach uh, financial independence or growing more more of a gap between your income and your spending. So, yeah. so that way you can save even more. Yeah. Um, another great example that we actually, um, we have a really old house mm -hmm. and it's the same sort of thing where we had these little baseboard heaters and we have like a wood fireplace, yeah. but the baseboard heaters were just costing us so much money and we're like, the house is old. It's not very well insulated. And so we did some research and then ended up getting this HVAC uh, system put into, it's mm -hmm. like a ductless yep. heating. So it was a large upfront cost, but we're like in the long term, this will help us a lot with our energy costs. Yeah. That I think is a really good way to think about just kind of financial independence in general. It's sort of like the difference between being cheap and being frugal. And you're thinking about what is the overall long-term expense of this. It might be really, as you said, more expensive upfront, but over time, you're actually going to be saving money and lowering your costs or increasing your, your savings, depending on which sort of path you take there. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to mention, I had found this little graph online. We were talking about how you know financial independence looks different for everybody. Yeah. And they were kind of talking about the different levels of financial freedom with the level one being where you kind of figure out where you are financially, maybe you've moved out of your mom and dad's house mm -hmm. and you can cover your own expenses to kind of the middle level of you pay off your debts and then that upper range level of you can live off the income that your investments generate or off of your retirement savings. Yeah, I think the term financial freedom is oftentimes used different than independence, but in a lot of ways similar in that different levels of freedom, especially thinking about that, you know, 16 year old who gets their first job and that that is a different level of financial freedom, like being able to say like, hey, I can spend this money on what I want. I, I was thinking about this in ter yeah. terms of like 
nephews around the holidays, around birthdays, they they get some money, and then that that feels like freedom. Like yeah. like I I get to choose what candy I want to buy or what <laughs> video game I want to buy, and I think that's in some ways one of the reasons I think we started this podcast is to talk just more about money in general and kind of how it can be a tool and not necessarily something to be fearful of. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think the next step then we wanted to talk about some some of the steps that people can take if they're thinking about, oh, great. Yeah, this sounds awesome. It would be great to be financially independent. But then what what are those next steps that people can do? And obviously the first one, spending less than you earn. So really taking a hard look at your budget and making sure, obviously, that you're not spending as much as you're bringing in, that you're able to put some aside into hopefully your DCP savings or your retirement savings. Yeah, it's really back to what we've talked about in previous episodes is really having like a solid understanding of what the income side of the equation is and what the spending side of the equation is, and then figuring out how to grow that gap over time, whether that means spending less. And I think sometimes that feels intimidating to people, but there are also ways to increase the income as we've talked about already. But, you know, for a lot of public employees who get regular income increases, if you can keep your spending stable, you are going to increase your income every year or two years or whenever you hit some of those steps or additional qualifications or when you get a promotion, if you can figure out how to help maintain some of that level spending. Also, one of the other steps, too, is making a point to pay off credit card debt and and Mm -hmm. student loans and things like that and putting money towards retirement. I think that's a really good point in that it helps you keep in mind what the long-term goals are. Yeah. I've read stories where folks will pay off like tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt in, in the course of months or years and then not quite know what to do next. And mm. I think by thinking about uh, retirement savings or other personal savings at the same time, then, then you already have that vehicle. Oh, well, I stopped paying on this credit card because it's paid off. Uh, and now I can move that additional savings, or at least some of it, into a retirement account or a personal savings account or a, a, an account to replace my roof or my emergency fund or all of those different savings vehicles. A big debt for a lot of people is obviously their mortgage. Yeah. And I hear from a lot of these like financial advisors and things that are, or people just that are striving towards financial independence and they're trying to pay off their mortgage or their... But I think... For me personally, I, that always kind of seems strange because the mortgage is just a, a loan that I have from the bank and mm-hmm. my house isn't going to necessarily go down in value. And so I can just pay off that loan whenever I, I sell my house. And so I would rather be able to put that money towards vacations or retirement savings than trying to worry endlessly about paying off my mortgage before Yeah. I don't think it should be a worry at all. We talked a little bit about this in a previous episode when we were talking about knowing your interest rates and knowing how much loans or debt is costing you. For a lot of folks who locked in mortgages at 3% or 4%, the the interest cost is relatively small um, in comparison to the total amount you're paying. Whereas a person who's got a credit card that's got 18% cost on it, you know, that that is a, a much more significant cost that you're paying for that debt or for that loan. And so yeah. I, I, I was I was actually talking to a, a person that I just met randomly running about 
personal finance, which is what I tended, where the conversation often goes. And he was a math teacher and he was sort of making the argument that you were that paying off a loan that is really low is like not mathematically optimal at all. He would much rather go invest that money somewhere else where there's a more likely rate of higher return. And what I think we ended up agreeing to disagree on, there's a difference between what's most mathematically optimal and what is psychological and what helps you sleep at night. And I think for some people, they don't want to have any debt and they want to feel like, oh my gosh, if I lost my job, I would I could keep my expenses as low as possible. Mm. And I think that's perfectly reasonable as well. And I think the other thing to keep in mind for a lot of folks, they don't have a mortgage, they pay rent. Sure. And so sometimes people feel like, I'm not using my house as a, an investment vehicle. I'm not saving money. You know, when I'm when I'm paying a mortgage, I'm eventually I'm earning principal. I'm building up this value of this asset. But when you're renting, you can also be putting money in D- DCP or some other savings account. There was an article just in the Seattle Times, I think last weekend, about this about saving money while you're renting. Yeah, you don't have to like check these boxes in certain order. Yeah, you know, like. Uh, well, yeah, it's a good idea to maybe eventually move out of your parents' house. But if you're 22 and living with your parents and you're saving money for retirement, like your expenses are really low. Sure. Right. Point. Like <laughs> they'll let you live there. I mean, why not? Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily have to be in a specific order. I mean, yeah. it's, it's what yeah, makes the most sense to you. Yeah. And then in terms of paying off student loans, we kind of just wanted to mention yeah. that the state of Washington does for at least uh, public employees has this great student loan forgiveness program. And um, we're actually going to have a future episode about this yes. with some special guests. So I think student loans are oftentimes the thing that are one of the things that are preventing people from saving more for retirement or like it's this kind of expense that is hanging over people's heads. Definitely. And I think if there are ways to consolidate those loans or refinance those loans or ways to pay less or get them forgiven, that can have a huge impact on people's long-term financial success. I think sometimes people will get resigned and say, oh, it's just going to take me two decades to pay these off or right. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be paying these off when I'm actually retired. Yeah, it's important for people to know that there are options out there. And so if our listeners do have questions about that in the meantime, you know, we, of course, encourage you to talk to your HR department. The other one I was going to mention, and this is just a public company, which is called Juno.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, their web address is joinjuno.com. They help people refinance their student loans so that they can pay them off faster. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that resource from a number of um, different financial advisors. And creating an emergency fund is one of those steps towards financial independence. We, of course, had a whole episode about that, having that extra pillow to be able to to lean back on in case of an emergency. Yeah, I think for a lot of folks, that is kind of like the first, how would I say, like adult level of financial independence or financial freedom to realize like, oh, I'm not having to scrape by or wait for the next paycheck to arrive. Or, you know, right. I get really ner- that, nervous that I'm not going to make it until the next payment. Yeah. That point that you're not living paycheck to paycheck and you can actually start putting stuff towards towards savings. And, yes, yeah, exactly. I know Dave Ramsey is a really popular personal finance sort of person, and he's got all of these different baby steps towards... I don't think he uses the term financial freedom or financial independence, but it is sort of the the same idea of these little steps along the way to check off. And a basic emergency fund is one of the very first steps to to make sure that you feel like you've got that breathing room. Yeah. And then we also wanted to mention estimating your retirement benefit as one of those steps for planning for financial independence, which is for our public employees knowing 
how much exactly you can expect to receive in retirement. And so this is really easy to do if you sign in through your online account through DRS and you can put in your factors for your age and when you plan to retire and it can actually give you an estimate of how much you can expect to get in retirement. Yeah, I I talk about this tool all the time with all sorts of people because it, it uses your own data. It's really accurate and, and helps you think about those different dates. Like, hey, maybe I do want to stop working early and, and start drawing a pension and retire at 55. What's that benefit going to look like? And yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but at DRS, I one of my previous jobs, I used to retire people and work with individuals as they were going through the retirement process. And I think you'd be surprised by the number of people who, when they retire, they get a raise. Their pension is actually paying them when, when, when they add their pension and social security together, they're actually going to get more than they were getting from their job. And oftentimes it's a surprise to people. Yeah. They hadn't done those sorts of calculations. And then I think sometimes there's a little bit of regret. Like, well, some people love their job and some right. people are going to keep doing it and want to do it forever or as long as they possibly physically and mentally can. But I, I've definitely talked to people in the past who are like, you know, if I would have just run those numbers, I could have stopped work a year earlier. Yeah. I didn't have to work till 67. I could have stopped at 66 or, or what it, whatever those ages are for folks. And I think that's where understanding the different pieces of the calculation are really important. And having that number in your pocket using the benefit estimator tool, I think it's really beneficial whether you're 55 or 25, just to get yeah. an understanding of what that could look like. Yeah. And then, of course, the final step of just taking steps to be able to increase your retirement savings, whether that's putting more towards DCP or investing in the stock market or working with a financial advisor to see what the best options are for you. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's buying solar panels or what. Solar panels for your house. <laughs> yeah. Once you've kind of grown that gap between your spending and income, you really have what could feel like limitless options. And Sometimes I think it can become um, overwhelming for people because it's like, well, do I do I put money in DCP or do I start a Roth IRA or do I pay down my mortgage or do I invest in my kid's college fund? And, and a lot of that, I think, once again, comes back more to psychology than what's mathematically optimal. What, what's going to help you sleep better at night? What's going to make you feel like you're on track or that you're doing the most good for yourself and for your family and for yeah. humanity. Yeah. yeah, it's about a, like a personal choice of yeah. what kind of life do you want to live and being yes. able to make those choices freely of saying, great, do I want to live in the city or the country? And I'm financially able to 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 make the choice that I feel is best for myself. You know, I love that in that Financial freedom or financial independence is really about choice. Yeah. It's really about having the flexibility. And I think when folks are kind of earlier on in their journey through money, it can feel like those choices are so far away. Yeah. Or th that I I don't have the flexibility or have freedom. Choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like I have to show up at work today because if I don't get this paycheck, I'm not going to be able to pay my rent or I'm not going to be able to buy food. Um, and so I think having those goals along the way is really helpful to think about the, those steps of, okay, I've, I've got that emergency fund built. I've paid off some high interest credit card loans or you know whatever those steps are that you can check off along the way. And then 
you start to get more and more of those choices and it can be really enlightening or really a reliever of stress to realize like if I invest in this versus if I invest in that, like what's the worst that's going to happen? Like I can still pay my bills. I can still put food on my plate. Like I'm, I'm in a, a much more secure place than I was five or 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. Is there anything else that we wanted to talk about? I feel like we, we hit everything on our list. So yeah. we'll talk more. I'm, I'm, I'm certain this topic will come up in future episodes because I know we, <laughs> we, we both are very interested in it. So I'm, I'm excited about that. But thanks for chatting. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. And we just wanted to remind people that if you have questions for us, you can email us at drs.podcasts at drs.wa.gov. And uh, we'd love to hear about your journeys towards financial independence and some of the choices you've made or questions that you have for us and how we can help you with your retirement. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And now we'd love to hear from you. What topics would you like to hear about? What questions do you have for us? Send an email to drs.podcasts at drs.wa.gov. That's drspodcasts at drs.wa.gov. The Department of Retirement Systems provides this podcast as a public service, but it's neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of DRS policy. References to any specific product or entity do not constitute an endorsement or recommendation. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by DRS employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the view of DRS or any of its officials.